Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. What a great honor for us to have Brother Jerry Lackey. Lord, we've known you for a long time, 30-plus years. We went to the same Bible school. He was in the first graduating class of LBI, Lakewood Bible Institute. I was in the second graduating class. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I met you, we met you at an alumni banquet in April of 1985. You and Jana were sitting right behind Leah and I. Leah and I, that was like our first or second date we ever went on. And then we knew uh, 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 Mama Ward was also instrumental and in, in from the from the I guess I guess from the first time they begin to talk about Africa, we begin to support them. And I don't think we've supported any missionary longer than we've su- supported Love Botswana and Jerry and Janie Lackey Ministry. Amen. We're not gonna stop now. That's right. And they're a great blessing. The work they do, I'm telling you, Botswana is a blessed nation because of the work that they do. And so we're so uh, honored to be connected to them and so happy to have him. I wish we would have had more time to advertise and get more people out. But we're here, amen, and we're going to be blessed by whatever he's got from the Lord. So, Brother Jerry, without any hesitation, come on, give him a big hand clap. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good evening. The Island Church has it happening here, don't you? Amen. It was great worship. You know, I really want to honor the leadership. Uh, I don't just do that because, you know, it's what they teach us to do. I do it because I really honor the leadership of this church. Pastor Rusty and Leah, uh, Pastor Allen and his beautiful wife, and I honor George Martin, who carries. I was just thinking about this. You carry so much of the anointing and what happened during the full gospel businessman days and all that move of God back at that time. I mean, he's a treasure, Amen. And so I, I just appreciate the leadership of this church. And I want to caution you, what happens a lot of times is we, be, we, we grow familiar with our pastors and our leadership. But you guys need to know that what God has given you is such a gift that they could be anywhere in the world. But God brought them back here to Ireland uh, Church and to Galveston because I do believe, and I believe with you, I don't have to say it because it's been prophesied here. Your pastor believes it. I believe it. There is going to be a great move of God on this island. And you guys are a part of that. Amen. You know, God doesn't just use a person or a church. But I tell you, this church is a significant church in the move of God. I, I believe that. And I, I think if I lived in, in, in America, I'd just drive wherever I was. I'd drive to Houston. And I, from Houston, I'd come down and be with you guys because I, I always get blessed when I'm around Pastor Rusty. Amen. So I bring greetings from our uh, Love Watana family. It's your family because you guys, as Pastor Rusty said, you guys have been a part of what we've been doing in Botswana for over 30 years now. I think we're going on 31 years now, and uh, we're at a great place in our life. I want to say this tonight is that one thing I've discovered is that every one of us have a story in our life. Amen? Our lives are stories, and God is so... You can just get thrilled when you think about it. God writes on the parchment of our hearts, upon our lives. He illustrates who He is, what He is, and what He can do through our lives daily. Amen? Amen. 
there are seasons in our lives and we go through stuff and, and, and God will come as believers and he, he uses our lives to show the world and to show us what he's like. Amen. He shows us that he's a healer. That he's a blesser, amen? That he's, he's merciful. I mean, you know, you could just preach the whole Bible out of our lives and we stop and think about it. So your life has a story. My life has a story. God is a great illustrator. But I want to say this, that your story is still being written, amen? My story is still being written. I'm, 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 I won't tell you how old I am because I, I don't even want to confess it because, you know, you... you, you <laughs> You're committed to what you confess. But you know, our, our, our lives, some of our, our, God is still writing on our lives, new chapters. And I want to say this over you that are here tonight. I speak it over my life. Your best days are still ahead of you. Amen. I believe that. I believe that. You know, don't get moved by what you see. Just stay solid. You, you've got a, a solid pastor who preaches the word of God. Just be, don't be moved by what you say. Just be moved by what you believe. Let, let the solid solidity of the word of God dictate what you say. And, you know, don't be moved by your feelings. And so your best days are ahead. Most of you know my story because I've been privileged to preach here a few times. I'm so glad that I could be here with you tonight. Love you guys. Appreciate you so much. Everything that we've done the countless tens of thousands, if not more, uh, that we've touched and lives that have come in the kingdom of God, you will share in every one of those lives because of your part, because you have been a part. We're connected. Amen? And so that's, that's, that's exciting, too, to think about that. But I want to share a little bit of my story tonight. I've ministered here before. In 1986, my wife of 31 years, I'm the man and the pastor of one wife. That's not true all over the world. You'll find pastors that got multiple wives in Africa, but that's not true with me. I've got my Janet. We've been married for 31 years. And uh, in, back in 1986, Janet and I said our I do's. We put our wedding gifts in storage, and we launched out into the deep of Africa. Oh, I thought I would go and I would teach the Africans a thing or two, but they taught me a thing or two. Amen. And I have learned more from them than I'll ever impart from them. What a beautiful culture. What a dynamic culture they have. And we've been privileged to minister there for now uh, going on 31 years. But we had a call from God. And uh, it was like a personally embossed, I was in 1983 for me, sitting in Lakewood uh, Bible Institute, and it was like God gave me a beautiful embossed invitation by the Holy Spirit that read right out of the book of Isaiah, amen. And I, I left the classroom, went into cla a little, little uh, prefab building that Brother Osteen had back in, back in that day, and then uh, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for me? And there was... Little Jerry that didn't know what God had for him, you know, shaking and quaking under the power of God. And I said, here I am, Lord, send me. And I had no idea what God had in store for me. But I tell you what, God has good things in store for our lives. Oh, he has a future and he has a hope. He has good things for us. Never, ever fear to obey God in the things he does. Because I tell you what, God will just rock your world of what he can do if you'll just say yes to what he's talking to you about. I've seen it. I've lived it. Uh, I've done more. I'm just a farm boy from Kentucky. I should have never left the farm, but I've been all over the world. And I have just seen so much and lived such a, a wonderful, exciting life. Amen. Yeah. 
So God still speaks today. Uh, he still speaks to his people. We, we left uh, Africa. We left for Africa $300 support. Probably a couple hundred dollars that was from you and Leah. I don't know. Oh, nobody believed that. Maybe three people believed that we were called, and two of those were wavering, but we, we went anyway, you know? Just blind, stupid faith, you know? And we believed that if we accepted an invitation, that somehow, some way, that God could use two young people, you know, if we would just go out there and go. And, and, and you know, in the natural, here's the thing. In the natural, it looked like we didn't have much to offer. But I can say this, that... A little is so much. A little is a lot when you consecrate it and you commit it in the hands of Jesus. I don't care what your educational background is. I don't care what side of the tracks you were born on. I don't care where you came from or who your father was or who your mother was or if you had a father or you didn't. I'm telling you, when you give what you got, to Jesus, I'm telling you, he will take it and bless it. You think about the little boy who just had a few loaves and a few fishes, and he blessed that. You see, the spirit of generosity will rise up into our lives, and when we obey the spirit of generosity, it pays great dividends in our lives. And, and so there was a little shepherd boy. You know, he just had a slingshot. He, uh, he slew a giant. A little cruise of oil saved a widow and his son. A little tax collector named Zacchaeus. God saved and turned his life around. What can God do with people like you and I when we just sell out and say, you know what, let's just go with God. God can do some incredible things when you got a dream. I have discovered that faith is the currency of heaven. That it doesn't matter how much you got in your pocket, it's what you got in your spirit. It's what you got in your heart. Amen. And so you don't need a lot of money. You just need to have faith in God. And so faith sees what fear misses. We miss so much because we walk in fear. And when we choose to walk in faith and we dismantle fear in our lives, I tell you, what, we begin to walk in some incredible supernatural things of God. Amen. And so John Osteen used to say, great it is to dream the dream when you stand in life by the starry stream. But a better thing and a greater thing is to fight life through. And when it comes to the end, you say the dream is true. And I believe the key to that is fighting life through, not giving up. In 31 years, we've had some battles. I mean, we've had some fights in our hands. But I tell you what, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Amen. And I'm not, I'm a little bit vertically challenged, but I tell you what, I'm big inside, amen. I got a lot going on inside of me. So when we went to Africa, you know, I, I hadn't preached much. You know, Rusty probably wouldn't have given me any money if he didn't know this, but, but I hadn't preached very much. Jana had been preaching for, for, for she was a youth pastor at CFNI. She was a youth pastor in the Summers God in Paraland. You know, I was trying to catch up, and I hadn't preached very much. So when I landed in Africa and we got into our first house, it was, you know, it's an old farmhouse, didn't have a roof on it, wasn't anything like what I thought we were going to, you know, live in. I discovered that I, I needed to learn how to preach. So I, I began to go out in the backyard, and I, just, I found out that if I would stand out there long enough, that all the monkeys from the, 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 the bush would come and sit in the trees. And if I preached real good, they were kind to me, you know. They'd make some noise. They wouldn't throw disgusting things at me. And so I learned how to preach. Literally, this is true. I learned how to preach in Africa by preaching to the monkeys. Amen. And one day, someday I'll run into a monkey somewhere in the bush 
and they'll say, thank you, Pastor Jerry, for what you did for me. We've seen so many miracles in our life, you know, in the early days, and God has been so gracious to work through, Jan and I, uh, we've, uh, by the grace of God and by tenacity, by perseverance, everybody say perseverance. God's called us to persevere, amen? God's not called us to shrink back. You know, if you think that, you know, you're going to whine just because there's tough times, tough times are here. We're going to talk about that tonight. But I'm telling you, because of our perseverance, because of the grace of God, because of God's mercy in our lives, you know, in 31 years, we've built the largest nonprofit faith-based organization in the nation of Botswana. And God's doing some interesting things with our Christian school. I'll privately tell you and Lee about that. Uh, we've got a Bible training center, 40,000 square foot community life center we built in 2013. Our Reach for Life absence program, five years ago, we checked our records and we had graduated 45,000 kids wow. through that program in a dusty little village in Mound. How does that happen, you know? You see, we, we've got... Uh, a strong local church called the Village Church. We're about loving people, changing lives, and shaping futures. That's, that's what the Village Church is about. We've got about 14 other branch churches, including one in Namibia. And, and so many things have happened. And, and, and I, I, I just wanted to give you a little bit of what you've been a part of and what you have your hand on because of your faithfulness and your giving. And so every time you give to a missionary, every time you seed into another nation, another work, you share in that work. And so thank God that we are partners together in the work in Botswana. Now, I, I'll tell you why I like to preach in this church, because today, now it's not true in Africa, but in America, you don't find too many churches that will shout. And we preachers like shouting. We like a little feedback, you know. Sometimes you got to shake people, you know, are you alive? You just think everybody's dead, you know. He's like Ivan Tate, he used to get a mirror and he'd turn around and just preach to himself. Ah, praise the Lord. You know, he just encouraged himself because nobody else would. So I heard this story about, a, about a, a, a wonderful man who had come out of a great shout in Pentecostal church and he moved and he couldn't find a church. So he found himself in a rather quiet church. It was one of those churches where things were kind of low-key, dialed down real low. And uh, first couple Sundays, you know, the praise band was pretty good, and they got worshiping. And, you know, he, he was accustomed in his culture, praise the Lord, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank God. You know, he'd get excited, you know, begin to just verbalize and, and talk about Jesus. And after the church, the pastor came and said, hey, brother, he said, you know what, can you just dial it down a little bit? He said, you know, we just don't talk a lot in this church. Like, we don't shout. We don't really, that's just not the culture of this church. And, and, and so one other Sunday came by, he kind of had the same situation going on. The pastor said, you know what, please. Please, my brother, just tone it down a little bit. He says, you're making everybody nervous in the church. We're just not used to that stuff here. And he looked down and he noticed that, you know, he didn't have nice shoes like you have on, but he had some shoes that were kind of wore out. He said, you know what? He said, I'll tell you what. If you can next Sunday just really try your best just to keep it down. You know, just keep it down. Easy does it. Keep it, keep it slow. Keep it low. He said, I'll buy you a brand new pair of shoes. He said, I'll buy you any shoes you want. You can go to you know, to wherever, you know, go to Macy's, go wherever you want to buy shoes at, and I'll buy you some shoes. And so Sunday came around, he's wanting those shoes real bad. And, and so he's up there, and he's up in the top section of the church, and, you know, the worship team got going, you know, and his feet got going. He's trying to keep himself under control. Pretty soon he just, he couldn't, he couldn't take it any longer, and he just began to say, he says, shoes or no shoes, I just got to praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> well, he lost the shoes, but he gained 
some, some glory in his life from, from shouting. Amen. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like life was going really good? Like everything was just, you know, you got money in the bank. Kids are doing good. Got a good job. Everything is just great. And then all of a sudden, it just felt like, you know, you're on the top of the world one day. And then it's just like somebody just switched the lights off the next day. And you find yourself in the middle of a mess. Has anybody been there? You just thought, what, what happened, you know? And, and well, tonight... I want to encourage you from the chronicles of my life and how God has brought me out of some very difficult times. I want to minister tonight, and you need to understand that you are an overcomer, that the DNA inside of you, the Jesus that is inside of you, Jesus overcome the world. He overcome the devil and the demon forces. And that DNA lives and abides in you as women, uh, men and women in Christ. And so you are an overcomer, and, and that even when the devil's trying to set a trap in our weaknesses God makes us strong could you roll that Psalms 34 19 says many are the afflictions of the righteous but our God delivers us out of them all amen I want to preach a message tonight it's not a long message but it's a message about uh, my life and what's happened in 31 years of apostolic ministry this message is called simply the miracle is in the middle you know I uh I have it in my heart to minister this tonight. In 30 years of apostolic ministry, uh, I can tell you it's not always been easy. We've, been, we've faced floods and fires. We've faced all kinds of things as ministers do. But my hope for you tonight, my prayer for you tonight, with the privilege that I have to be before you tonight, is that you will learn through this message tonight to see challenges differently than you've ever seen them before. Because in the, in, in the midst of your challenge, I'm telling you, there is a God that says that they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. You will run and not grow weary. Amen. And so I've met lots of challenges in my life, impossible situations. But, you know, impossible situations are the atmosphere in which God performs miracles. It is in the darkest times, the toughest times, the times when it looks like it's over, that God begins to breathe into that situation and he changes the atmosphere and miracles can take place in our lives. Corey Ten Boom said that problems are miracles in disguise. You know, I'm going to look tonight at Daniel chapter 3. And uh, it's a, a familiar story. It's uh, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's a great story. I know Pastor Rusty has probably preached on it many times in many ways. I know if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this church, this message preached up and down, left and right. It's a, it's a familiar story. But I'm going to take a shot at it tonight. And uh, I, I believe it contains lots of powerful truths. But I want you to get one thought tonight as uh, we, we look at the miracle is in the middle. In uh, the third chapter of Daniel, briefly, I'll just paraphrase, you know, there was a, a wicked king named King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he had set up an idol in the land, and there were three wonderful, blessed Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and uh, they didn't want to compromise. They had refused to bow down to the king's commandment that said that they must worship this idol, and they had made a plan. They had made a decision that they would not come hell, come high water. They wouldn't compromise, that they would stand. Uh, for, the, for the Lord. And so uh, he had told them that if they would not 
bow down uh, to the idol that he would throw them into a fiery furnace. You know the story very well. In fact, he said that uh, he would do it and they would heat up that furnace and that it would slay them and it would, it would take their lives. And so we begin reading right here in this story. Verse 23, it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished as he arose in haste, and he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Verse 25 says, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the, form, the, fourth, and the form of the fourth one is like unto the Son of God. Of God. And verse 26 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the midst of the fire. Would you bow your head with me? Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the spirit of revelation tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word, oh God, to, to open up our hearts tonight, Lord. May we see what you want us to see tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that it is you that gives us the unction, oh God, to proclaim the word of God. We thank you for tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So the Bible says they came out. Amen. Now, I want you to turn to somebody beside you and uh, give them a high five and say they came out. Okay, it's important. Here's a real simple fact. Now, if you knew something about my history, you'd know that I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't the smartest kid in high school. You know, in fact, I just barely made it through. I, I am a doctor, but I'm a doctor of divinity by the grace of God and by 31 years of life experience living on the mission field. They bestowed a doctor from Vision University on me, but that doesn't mean that I'm real smart. But I tell you what tonight, I believe that you're smarter than I am, and so I'm going to test you tonight. You know, in order to come out of something, you first must go in. Hey, see, you guys have got it. You know, in order to get out of bed, you first have to get into bed, right? And to get out of the car, you have to first get in the car. You guys are sharp tonight. Uh, to get out of the room, you first must go into the room. Amen. This is deep stuff tonight. Say, hey, it's deep. One of the greatest joys, listen to me, one of the greatest joys about our Christian life, about living for God, is the joy of coming out. Amen. Coming out and being delivered from bondage. Coming out and being set free from problems in our life. Being loose from the enemy in our life and from the grip of sin. Walking out of a hospital when they told you that you couldn't come out, Brother Allen. Talking about, you know, uh, there's joy when we come out of our trials. Can somebody shout an amen to me tonight? The Bible says in this world we will have trials and tribulations. Amen. There are things that will come, amen, but we thank God. Psalm 66, 12 says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but you brought us out into a wealthy place, amen. And I want you to know that he'll not only bring you out into a wealthy place, but he'll bring you out into a healthy place, won't he, Pastor Allen? Into a healthy place. You know, 
In 2007, I was diagnosed with full-blown stage cancer. Most of you know that. And the doctor handed me some paperwork that basically stated, he said, it's over for you. He didn't have a lot of bedside manner. He was kind of gruff. He said, get your affairs in order. He said, kiss your wife goodbye. Kiss your kids goodbye. Tell your, your loyal staff of 200 goodbye. Tell your church goodbye. Tell your 14 Bush churches goodbye. Because for you, it's over. But I'm here tonight, and I declare for you tonight, I don't know where you're at or what you're going through. I don't know what you're up against, if your back is up against the wall. But I stand before you as a witness and as a powerful testimony that it's not over until God says that it's over. Man may tell you it's over. Wisdom of the man is nothing to the wisdom of God. When God is on the throne, I'm telling you what, all things are possible. And I've come here tonight to release the spirit of faith tonight. I believe that God wants to change some hearts tonight. I believe that God wants to do a turnaround because the God that is preached in this church is the God of the great turnaround. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it takes a week or a day, a month or a year. You just keep thanking God because he will turn it around. I believe God wants to take us uh, to a new level. He wants to change our address from doubt and unbelief into faith and trust. That's the place we need to live at every day. And I believe that the greatest things, I'm in the middle of my life right now. And that means that if I'm in the middle of the life, my life, that means I got to live to be 120 to actually be in the middle of my life because I am 62 years old. But I believe this. I confess this. And amen, you're committed to what you confess. I confess that I will live long, that I'll see my children fulfill the destiny in their life. I confess that I will see everything that God's put in my heart, everything that God's intended me to do, everything that your pastor has had in his heart to do on this island. Oh, I believe that God will do it. Amen. So I'm here tonight. Do I look like I've had stage four cancer? I'm 10 years on the other side of sickness. I'm 10 years on the other side of disease. I'm healed. I'm cancer free. Amen. And the miracle, listen to me tonight. The miracle came in the middle. The miracle came in the middle. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it wasn't fun when they got into that furnace. They made a commitment not to compromise. Nobody wants to sing hallelujah and praise the Lord when you're going in. But I'm telling you what, when you get in, it's the only way that you can come out. You got to go in. You got to trust God. You got to go in with Jesus. They went in in the midst of the fire, but the Bible says the King Nebuchadnezzar looked in that fire. He said that we put three in, but I see a fourth one. And there's a fourth one in the midst of the fire, in the middle of the fire. And I'm telling you what, it's hard going in. But when Jesus is walking in the middle of the fire with us, we know the outcome is always going to be yes and amen. And God will not only take you through it, but he'll bless you on the other side of it. And I'm a living testimony of that tonight. The miracle came in the middle tonight. Can somebody give some praise for God bringing me out? Can somebody give God some praise for bringing Cody Brunt out of a, 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 a difficult situation in his life? We need to give God praise for every time he brings. You know, somebody here almost gave up. You almost thought you were lost permanently at sea. But God spoke into the darkness. God spoke into your sea and into the storm. And he brought you out of it. Amen. 
You know, there's a lot of good songs that are written. Amen. These guys write good songs about coming out. Amen. And, and, and I wonder, but I don't, I don't know too many enjoys the songs that have been written about going into the battles or going into the storms. Amen. Nobody talks about that. You don't get paid a lot for writing those kind of songs. A lot of good songs written about coming out, but I wonder how many joyous songs have been written about the going in. And I can't think of a song tonight that talks about how glad I am because I'm getting ready to go into the valley. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and we sing and shout about coming out, but we dread going in. And I want to remind you of something tonight. In order to come out of something, you must first go in. So let me remind you, in order to come out of something, you first must come in. The children of Israel would have never come out of Egypt. If they not had come out of Egypt, they never could have gone in to the promised land. Amen. They had to come out. They would have never come out of the wilderness into the promised land if they had not gone into the wilderness in the first place. Think about Nahum. If Nahum had never come out, amen, and, and if he would not have dipped himself into the water, amen, he would have never got his healing. David could have never said, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had almost slipped, amen. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. You may be walking in the valley. I don't know what valley you're in tonight, but this I know. I know who can walk through the valley with you. And I know the outcome on the other side is going to be sweet when you come through it. Amen. Because a miracle is always in the middle. It's not in the going in. It's not in the middle, but it is in the coming out and the miracle takes place in the middle. Amen. You think about the, lie, the, the lame man, he could have never got his healing unless he stepped into those troubled waters. You know, God cannot bring you out unless you allow him to bring you in. Amen. I'm not saying that God puts sickness and disease and trouble into our lives. God is a good God. But I'm telling you what, what I have learned in 31 years, sometimes I thought God got me confused with Job because some of the things I went through in my life. But even Job, it looks like he went through a long period of time, but it was a short period of time. And the Bible said when he brought him out on the other side, he had more than he went in with. Yes, amen. 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 You know, I want you to hear me tonight. You know, one day the church, the church at whole, universal, is going to be taken out of this world. Thessalonians teaches us that. And so the church is going to be taken out. But in order for you and I to be a part of that departure, we have to be in Christ. Amen. You know, if we're going to go out of the world when that last trumpet sounds, we got to go in. Amen. We got to be a part of him. And so you have to ask yourself, what is the clock ticking on today? Why hasn't Jesus returned to planet Earth and taken us out of the world and taken us to glory? You know what? It's because he wants to give us this time. He wants to give Island Church the time to finish that building, amen, and to see one of the greatest revivals that have ever been known on this island. I know historically there's been moves of God, but I, from what I understand, and I know Pastor Rusty's a surfer, that you know what, there's several waves, and you wait for the, the third wave, amen, and I believe that there's a third wave that's going to come uh, to America and on the world, and we're going to be a part of that last great, great harvest. And so we have to use this time to help and lift hurting people. We have to use this time to get as many people in Christ so that they can go out of this world when that last trumpet sounds. We have to use this time to tell them the goodness of our God, the mercy of our God, and how He is a good God that delivers us out of our troubles. Amen. Yes, amen. Oh, He does. Yes. 
He'll deliver you out of it. In our text, the only way those three boys got out was that they had to get in. Amen. And there is joy in the coming out, but it's hard in going in. We like the coming out, but it's hard going in. We like the coming out, but wait, you mean you got to go through and get in to receive the prize on their side? Yes, you got to go through it. It's the going in that scares us, amen? But I'm preaching maybe to somebody tonight. God is wanting you to step into something new. And in order, you got to step in it for God to take you through it and bless you on the other side of it. Because he's going to bring glory out of it, even though it looks scary. It looks like something you've never seen before. I'm telling you what, if you'll keep your eyes focused on him, he'll, he'll, he'll get in the middle of that thing. And he's going to cause something really incredible to happen. God is waiting for us to step into some things by faith. Amen. And God is wanting to bring us out, but we have to step in. And so some of you can feel his hand gently leading you in, and his voice is calling you. You know, Peter would have never walked on the water if he wouldn't have got out of the boat. Amen. Some of you need to get out of the boat. You're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. He called. Amen. He said, come. And, and Peter obeyed, and he walked on the water. You know, the woman's daughter would have never been healed unless she got into the house where Jesus was. Amen. It's time to get in. It's time to step in. It's time to jump in. God is waiting for you to get in. And I want you to listen here carefully tonight because here's what I'm trying to say to you tonight. It's after you step in, but before you come out, there is an in-between. Everybody say there's an in-between. And that is where the miracle takes place. Because when you step in by faith, and before you come out with joy, you must go through. Yeah. And I want you to listen to me. The miracle power of God is not always the coming out, and it's certainly not in the going in. But the miracle is what happens when you're going through the difficult times in your life. God is always at his greatest. God is always at his largest in our sight and our understanding of him when he reveals himself as we go through. Amen. I have been through some stuff and on the other side, God is larger than he's ever been in my life. David's greatest revelation of God was not when he was sitting on the throne, but it was when he was walking through the brokenness of a moral failure in his life. That's when he saw God bigger than he's ever seen him before. I don't know what you're going through, but, but I'm telling you, in the midst of it, in the middle of it, if you'll just persevere, if you'll just keep moving in faith, God's going to take you through. He's going to help you with your kids. He's going to help you with your business. He's going to help you with your job. He's going to help you with that thing, whatever it is. You just need to keep moving through. Cast out fear. Keep yourself in faith because there's a miracle in the middle for your life. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David realized once he stepped into the valley that is going to come out of the valley because God was walking with him through the valley. And we got to remember that. I'm trying to preach good news to you tonight because I am a good news preacher. You know, you may have stepped into some trouble but I want you to know that you're going to make it out. Victory is on its way for you tonight. I confess that over your life tonight. God's with you. He's going to see you through it. God is, uh, you know, he, he, he's not moved by circumstances. He's not moved by time. Amen. And so God is with you. You know, 
King Nebuchadnezzar, that idol-worshiping king who threw those three Hebrew kids, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, he said, but wait, I see three, I see four men in the midst of the fire. God revealed himself through the fire, amen? And God is going to show up for you as you go through, amen? There might be a fire and it may be hot, but I'm telling you, you're coming through. Somebody needs that tonight. Somebody you need to hang on to that tonight. If you don't need it tonight, you hang on to it because in this world, amen, you will have trials and tribulations, amen? As the woman of the issue of blood, she passed through the crowd. She touched Jesus, amen? She passed through the crowd, amen? And when she came out on the other side, God did for her what no doctor could do for her. As eh, eh, There were miracles where God is. If you feel you're going through something, I want you just to learn to get happy and get ready because there is a miracle on the other side of it. And maybe you say, well, Pastor Jerry, uh, Brother Jerry, you don't know what I'm going through, amen? I don't know what you're going through personally, but I know who will go through it with you, amen? And the greatest miracles happen while you're going through. I'm going to share a story, a personal story in 1989. Uh, Rusty knows this and Leah knows this very well. A lot of you do. But we, uh, we had 10 years into the ministry. We had worked hard. We went there with nothing. We plowed. We clawed. We believed God. We spoke faith. We confessed. We declared over that country. And finally, after living in a tent for many years, not having anything, not even a car to drive, you know what? Finally, God gave us a house to live in. And we loved that house. And it was wonderful, and we had some things, and, and, and we we're just like, hey, this is good, you know. And, and, and in 1989, July 17th, we were, we were in the village, and we were just taking care of God's business when a, a young man that had been helping us at the place ran all the way from the village into town where we were at, a young, humble, kushu warrior guy, and, and he said, look, the house is on fire. We looked, and we could see the smoke from our house burning. There's no fire trucks in the village. There's nothing. So I put Jan in the car, and we, we drove, and, and, you know, we, we just knew. We lived in a thatch house. that had a grass roof, and when we got there, the house was completely completely ashes. Amen. And it was a tough time. We went through some pain. We went through some disappointment. We went through some difficult things. But on the other side, in the midst of all of that, Brother John Osteen gave me a check for $100,000. We went back and with the one house we lost, we built five houses. And today on the other side of it, there's 11 houses on it. I'm telling you, there is a miracle for you in the middle when you trust God. I remember when we began to, we got a piece of property, we built those first five houses, and I had this dream in my heart, like you guys got a dream in your heart for this building. And so, you know what, I began to, to get plans. You know, if, if you're going to believe God for something, do the possible, then God will do the impossible. If you had all the money in the world and you had no plans, you couldn't build. So, of course, you got plans. It's what you got to do. If you want a car, you better get a driver's license. Amen. What good is it, you know, if you don't have a drive? And, and I remember going out into that field, and, and, and I, I, I just, by the eye of faith, I began to say the Bible school's there. And by the ear of faith, I would hear the sound of pages being turn in the Bible, the parchment being turned. I said, oh, thank God I see a Bible school. Then I begin to hear the children playing over there. Thank God for our Christian school. Over there. I hear children playing. I hear teachers teaching. I, I see, I hear. And I would reach down and I'd pick up the sand of that Kalahari sand and I, I'd just hold it up and I did it alone. I mean, I didn't want anybody to see me, you know, because sometimes people think you're whacked. But, but I go out at night 
And I'd say, sand, I command you in the name of Jesus to bring forth buildings. I hear, I see in the name of Jesus. And today, when you come over, you'll drive on that property. You'll see the Bible school. You'll see the buildings. You'll see the infrastructure. Amen. Because we have to call the things of be not as though they were. We call them by faith. And I'm talking about Bible faith. I'm not talking about wacky faith. I'm talking about Bible faith. Because what you believe... And what you say will determine the borders of your life. I got another one. I, I, I didn't have a car for a long time. I had a car, lost a car. It was my 50th birthday. And some wonderful people in America, some of our supporters and people, they said, oh, let's secretly, shh. They sent out this thing, shh, keep it quiet. Let's take up an offering. Let's buy Pastor Jerry a car. So it was all shh, shh, shh. And money started coming in at the home office. And, and, and they wanted to buy me a Land Cruiser. They're real expensive, you know, but it's a good car, what we need. So, so they, they got us some money. I think we got about 20-some thousand dollars in. And, and so they gave it to my birthday. I was thrilled, you know. And I thought, well, let me just hang on to this 20000 for a little bit. And, and God will bring us some more. And then I'll get, get a, the car that I want, you know, and what I'm believing God for. And then the ministry got into trouble. And so I just said, you know what, here's the 20000 Take it. Because see, you know, you've got to sew in. If you need something to come out, you got to put in in order to come out. And so I put my 20000 in, and, and then that stage four cancer thing happened. And then when I came out of that, I went down to, uh, to River Oaks Dodge, and I bought me a 2009 Jeep Rubicon. Got me a male one, so I had the right side steering wheel on the right side of it for me. Shipped it over Africa. I drove it about five days. It was a Rubicon. I preached a message at the church called on Crossing the Rubicon. There's a story about the Rubicon River. And, and, and so uh, I, the church was thrilled. They were so happy. I had this car. And, and so, you know, I went up to go check on the, the branch churches, some of our uh, other churches. And, I mean, I only had about maybe... Uh, 300 kilometers on that thing, and a, a dump truck run a, a stop sign, and it smacked me in the side of it. It totaled the Jeep. It only had about 300 miles on it, and it was not good. I was in the middle of a very disappointing, very difficult time, but you know what? I said, you know what? Let's see what God will do, and so I waited. Now, let me tell you something, because the miracle's in the middle. Now, I paid for that Jeep because at that time in 2008, the bank stopped loaning people money for cars. They were sitting all over the car lot. So Chrysler actually gave me, I think, $1,000 to buy this Jeep, which I only paid $23,000 for, brand new. And so I had this Jeep. It, I lost it. And then what I did was I, I, I had it insured. And so when the insurance company came back to settle with me, they sell Jeeps in Botswana. But the thing of it is, is because of import duty, because of taxation, that Jeep that I paid $23,000 for sells for $43,000. And when the insurance company settled with me, they said, hey, listen, Pastor, because they don't add 300 miles, we're not even going to take the 5% deductible. We're going to give you the whole $43,000 for the Jeep. So I, I bought the Jeep back. The store is not finished yet. I bought the Jeep back for about 10000 And I fixed the Jeep for a little bit of money. While I was fixing it, somebody called from America, and they said, hey, have you got a container coming over? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, we do. They said, well, save room because we got something to put in it. I said, well, thank God for that. Okay, we'll do that. Could you give me an idea? What is it? I was curious because we need a van. He sent me a picture, a 2010 twin, spitting twin of the 2009 Jeep that I just bought back for. 10,000 was fixing. Now I got a 20, a 209 and a 210. So now we got, we're the scandal of man. We got a his and her Jeep. Jana's driving one. I'm driving the other one. And, 
And I got money in the bank. The miracle's in the middle. The miracle's in the middle. You got to go through it sometimes to come out on the other side with it. You know, this is the last one I'm going to tell you. We had a one fire, then we had a second fire. And uh, out of that second fire, uh, we lost a house. We had moved off that property. It was a house that John Osteen built us. I was letting the uh, school use that uh, building. They were putting some boarding students in it. And uh, one day, uh, my son called me. I was out uh, at the lodge. He said, hey, the house is on fire. Come to find out. One of the little boarding girls uh, was playing with a lighter, burnt the house down. And that was a difficult time because I raised my kids. I built the house with my hands. It was a nice little thousand square foot house but it was special to me it was a gift from God now it's in ashes the second fire nobody should ever have to go through one fire let alone two fires but I went through a second fire I said let's just see what God will do and do you know that I spent, the Brother Osteen, we built five houses for $100,000. That means that we, we built those houses for about $25,000 each using YWIM teams and just materials that we could find there. And, and, and so then I put about another twenty into it. So I had about $45,000 into that house. And do you know that the insurance company, when they came to settle on the house some 20 years later, they estimated it, they looked at all the nice things I'd done, and they wrote me a check for $180,000. <laughs> And Janet and I took that money, and we built ourselves a house. Amen. And you guys will sleep there someday. You know, tonight, I'm going to close with this. You need to understand. You need to look at challenges differently than you've ever looked at them before. Challenges aren't bad. Challenges are, are what strengthen us. It's going through the difficult time. You know what? When I went through stage four cancer, you know, it wasn't good. I'd like to say, you know, hey, praise God, somebody anointed me and God just raised me off of sick. But no, I, I went through six months of chemotherapy and radiation therapy, and it was not easy. And, and I went through some suffering. Amen. And in the midst of it, in the middle of it, I tell you what, God spoke a word to Jan and I. He said, stay with it. Keep your eyes on the other side because there's something beautiful waiting for you on the other side it's beautiful we said well what is it he said it's beautiful that's all he told us it's something beautiful and so I came through cancer got well God healed me and, and I went back home and and and, and I met a guy and, and and he he was at this beautiful lodge that I didn't know existed it's it's a it's a full game lodge it's a business it's it's all these great things I didn't even know it existed and he came out and he said to me he said don't you want to buy this lodge and I'm said you don't know me, otherwise you wouldn't ask me that, you know. I'm, I'm the guy that's got that love what's on the thing over there, you know. And, and, but there was a man there, a businessman, that had met me, and he heard that. And some years later, some short time later, he called me up and he said, is that lodge still for sale? And I said, I don't know, I'll check on it. Long story short, he wrote a check for $1 million $350,000 and gave us that lodge to run as a sustainability partner for our work over there. I'm telling you what, it's in the mid. For that one house I lost, God gave us something. Through that cancer thing, the beautiful thing was this. We, we're driving around and we say, hey, come see our giraffes. They go, oh, we've seen giraffes. But these are our giraffes. They're ours. We got giraffe. We got zebra. We got it all happening out there. Listen to me. Stand to your feet. You might be sick in body tonight. You might be discouraged. Somebody needs to get ready for the miraculous. It's time to walk through. Amen. 
It's time to press through, to walk through. You need to leave the enemy behind. God wants to take the wheels off the chariot. God wants to, to, to invade your world tonight. And I just want to pray with you right now. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, those that are standing here with their hands raised, God, you know the struggles that they're going through, God. You know the time that they're in. Lord, we thank you for the visions and the dreams that you put in our heart. Lord, we thank you that our dreams stay alive in the presence of God. It's in the presence of God that our dreams stay alive. As long as we keep them before God, they will never fade. They'll never tarnish. They'll stay bright and sparkling and miraculous. Lord, we keep our dreams before you tonight, in your presence tonight. Father, I thank you tonight for those that have gone through and are in the midst of struggles in their life. And Lord, I thank you right now. I pray for the spirit of tenacity to arm them, take a hold of them, and to be able to cause them with the grace and the mercy of God to persevere and come through, oh God. Because I believe, Lord, that you're no respect of persons. What you've done for Jerry and Jana, you will do for all your children when we appropriate our faith, oh God. So, Lord, we choose to trust you, oh God. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what the world says or the papers write or the radio or the TV says. Father, we put our faith and trust in you and we declare we're coming through. We're coming through, oh God, that the, the miracle is in the middle, oh God, and you're going to deliver us. Lord, we thank you tonight for your mercy and grace. Lord, I speak over this church tonight, and Lord, I thank you for the increase that we've seen. But Lord, I thank you for an exponential increase, oh God, in this church, in the lives of the pastors and the leaders, Lord. We release, oh God, increase, oh God. We thank you for our building, oh God. We declare it's paid for. We declare it's full. We declare the miraculous of God the genuine. Lord, let us separate the fact from the fake, oh God, in the day that we live in. But Lord, we declare that you are extending the boundaries and the borders of this church. And Father, may a new grace fall upon your wonderful, marvelous leaders, Pastor Rusty and Leah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands and thank God for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you. Hallelujah. You know, that's a testimony to the will of God in somebody's life. You say, how valuable is the will of God? It's the most valuable thing you can ever capture. It's the most wonderful, adventurous life you can ever live. Because you're going to go through what you're going to go through, whether you're in the will of God or not. But not being in the will of God is the biggest hesitation. That's where many people get stuck right in the middle. It's because they just won't serve God the way they should. But thank God you're here on Wednesday night serving God, doing the will of God, and God is a good God. Amen. Let's receive an offering for them tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord for their work, what they're doing for Brother Jerry, Sister Jana, whatever they want to use this for. Praise the Lord. We've not given them a big offering in a couple of years. I think two years ago we gave you ten grand out of our conference. That was a blessing. We need to do that again. But we need to give them a good offering tonight. If you're giving by cash, lift your hand. They'll bring you an offering envelope. And I tell you, the reality in sharing with all those that have been saved, touched, educated, blessed, and then the fruit that they produce, we get to share in all of that. And you know, they talk about ministries being good soil and churches being good soil and missionaries being good soil. But in reality, it's the good soil of your own heart that produces your own harvest. And you know, they've sown. I've known them for years. 
and I've seen their sacrifice. Listen, it is a sacrifice to leave the comforts of America and go to a third world country and live out your life. Not for a visit, not for a missions trip, but live out your life. But listen, I know I've seen him in the States for years, and he's never home when he's here. <laughs> so we look forward to going and be with him in his home. Amen. God is so good. Got your offering ready? Hold it up to the Lord. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I sow into the coming out anointing that which I'm in right now that is my fight, my battle, is also my victory because of Jesus. I'm not setting up my tent in the valley, but I'm going through it. I will not fear. Even though I may feel, I will not fear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this great gift that I received tonight. I sow into it, thanking you, Lord, for a breakthrough in my life that you're bringing me out. You're bringing me out in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, receive that if you will. Praise the Lord. I guess if anybody wanted to find out about you guys, they could get on your website. Just love Botswana. Yeah, praise God. Of course, we've anything you need to know, we've got information on them. If you, we always encourage, although we do support them as a church every month, and we'll continue to do so and believe God to increase that, we always encourage people to have a missionary you support personally. And you may not think, you may think, well, you know, I can only send maybe $5 or $10 or $25. It makes a difference. It all adds up in the end. And actually, it makes a difference in your life to be able to connect that way. Because I'm telling you, we always believe God around here that every penny will turn into a soul, one into the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. We got it, guys? All is well. Stand on your feet tonight. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your blessings upon our church. Now, Father, we thank you for Brother Jerry, Sister Jana. Thank you their greatest days lie before them. The greatest days of effectiveness or the exponential curve of their blessing coming into their hands, coming into their life. That their children and eventually their children's children will begin to take up the mantle and the anointing that's upon the family to shake, not only shake, but to preserve a nation in Christ. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, as we leave tonight, we rejoice in the protection and safety afforded us by your word, declaring over all the congregation, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, that we as believers walk on serpents, scorpions over all power of the enemy. Thank you in our travels and in the righteous labor of our hands. We are protected and we are blessed. Thank you for the door of utterance for every person that we might go forth from this place being a blessing to people, problem to the devil, an answer to somebody's prayer. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.